Well, good morning. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, choir and instrumentalists, for leading us so well in worship this morning. Glad to be able to speak to you today. Certainly glad that you're here. Have you ever been brought low in your life? You've been humbled before? I think we all have. Those times come and go throughout the seasons of our life, don't they? And they happen in a myriad of different ways. One way that comes immediately to mind is the words that people tell us. Sometimes those comments can cut us down, can't they? I think about the opportunities I have throughout Sunday mornings as I walk throughout the church. Oftentimes I'll be walking with my wife through the church. Many of you will know me or have seen me, but you don't know my wife. You'll see me, you'll say something like, oh, hi, Brad, how are you today? Good. Oh, is this your wife? Yes, it is. Really? (laughs) Yes, really. Like, are you sure? (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. 15 years, three kids. I mean, this would be a pretty significant oversight at this point, but yes, yes. Not just words. Have you been really embarrassed before? I think we all have. I can remember just a couple weeks, well, it's been a couple months ago now, being up in the education building, walking around again with my wife. An older gentleman passes by, doesn't greet us, just looks at my wife and I, looks back at me and goes, you don't deserve her. (laughs) Just simply, yeah. So I shuffled back to the bell tower where I belong and (laughs) cried through most of Sunday school. (laughs) You've had those cutting words said to you or you've been embarrassed before. Like let's say for instance, hypothetically, your boss calls you on your day off, you think it's strange. Let's give him a hypothetical name like, I don't know, Howie, okay? Your phone rings on your day off. You think this must be important, so you answer it. Hello? Do you know that you've called me like 12 times in a row? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, you have. And every time I hang up here, it comes again. You're calling me again. Oh, so embarrassing. But don't worry. Don't worry. I can manage thousands of budget dollars, and I can be a great young adult minister. Don't worry about every. Young adult is looking for a minister who hasn't discovered the deep mysteries of how to navigate a mobile phone. I'm perfect for the job. You've been really embarrassed before. Felt pretty low after that, hypothetically. In all seriousness, the embarrassment of life that we sometimes face can bring us down. Sometimes words can, although we try to not let them, sometimes we still carry those words with us as we go through life. And truth be told, there are many things that we face in this life that bring us low. Things like broken relationships. The bond with our family member could never be broken, and then it is. We thought we'd always be together, but now we're not. Our friendship would always be strong, but it isn't. Loss in this life brings us low. We lose the job, we lose the house, we lose the life that we had. 
and we all lose loved ones. You think of something you want to tell them and you go to call them and then it hits you that they're gone. It's a low place to be. Sometimes it's because of our sin we find ourselves in that low place. We experience the consequences of sin and the chastening of a righteous God. We may experience illness and enter a realm of darkness we didn't even know was there. Or we see the loved ones that we face battling, being so sick, and we've never been more down. Sometimes we find ourselves in that dark den and we're really not sure how we even got there. But we just know that we're low. And we all know what it means to be low. In this passage today, the psalmist is transitioning from the darkest of despair. David describes his situation as being one on death's door. But the Lord hears his cries for help. And he moves him from grief into gladness. And today I believe that God's word has the power to be transformational in our lives. There's a few crucial things from this passage that I want you to look at with me today. Here's the first thing. The Lord hears the hurting. The Lord hears the hurting. Would you look back at that passage with me? Psalm 30, would you listen to it? Would you put your eyes on it with me? I will extol you, Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Here David described his cry to God and the answer in prayer that he got for his help. He says, oh Lord, my God, this isn't a normal address, a broad address. This is a specific address to God, designating a intimate relationship. And this is a literal cry for help. He was about to die, possibly of physical illness. The Psalm doesn't clearly explain the context as Psalms are often ambiguous, but we know the Lord heard him and the Lord healed him. The Psalms are full of passages that show us the Lord hears the hurting. Psalm 4.3 says, the Lord hears when I call to him. Psalm 5.3 tells us, you will hear my voice. Psalm 6.8 contains the psalmist's certainty that for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Psalm 66.19, but certainly God has heard. He's given heed to the voice of my prayer. Psalm 116, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. He's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. You ever had that conversation with with someone that you have something important you want to tell them? Uh, You're sharing with them something significant and they're standing right before you, they're sitting next to you, but in their mind, they're a million miles away. I think we've all had that conversation. You're pouring out your heart to them or you're telling them that really important thing and you see their eyes kind of dart around and look around the room and you realize that they're hearing you but they're not really listening. And we've probably been on both sides of that, haven't we? We've been the one with our mind going somewhere else. And usually, if the person sharing the important thing with you knows you well, they say something like, now what did I just say? And you go, "Uh, well, you heard about a quarter of it. 
So you're like, well, you said the thing about the place, and we went to the one deal, and uh, I've always agreed with you on that, and so you weren't listening to a word I said, were you? No. We all want to be heard. When, when there's something significant that we're facing, we want to know the Lord is listening. I want you to understand this morning, the Lord hears the hurting. And those times we lay in bed and pray, God, please heal her. Please heal him. Heal me. God, mend our broken relationship. Heal our hearts. Help us, Lord, to get through this loss. Help my family. Those moments when it seems that our prayers never leave the room, understand he is God. He is all-knowing. He hears all things, but know this. When we come to him with right hearts and right motives, he is listening. And isn't this how our whole relationship with him started? We needed his help. We were hurting, we were in need, we were in sin, in need of forgiveness, and we cried out for him to save us because we knew, we knew we couldn't get out of this low place alone. Listen to 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Be confident that our God hears our words and our tones. He knows our hearts and our thoughts. He hears our attitudes, our motivations. We all want to know when we're communicating with someone that they're really listening. How crucial for us to have the assurance with God. Believer, know that if you are his child, you can rest in his sovereignty, trust in his care. Know that he hears and he listens. And the Lord heard David. The Lord heard the cries from the psalmist. The Lord hears the hurting. But I also want you to understand, the Lord lifts the low. The Lord hears the hurting, but he also lifts the low. Will you look again at the passage? Look at the first verse. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. The language in this passage points to a nearness of death. This rescue removed any opportunity for David's enemies to gloat. The Saul loyalists would have been plentiful and they would have been resentful of what they would have seen as David's commandeering of the throne. Oh, how they would have gloated, how they would have enjoyed him being stripped of his success, but, but no, he is spared. God brought him up from the grave, up from the pit, from the depths. The idea here is like being in a well or being in a cistern and the water that's drawn up out of a deep well. That's the way this scripture describes the way that the Lord lifts up David. Maybe that's why David would also write, the Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear to me, heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock, making my footsteps 
firm. See, the Lord, the Lord lifts the low. I recently read a story from CNN about a groom who jumped into a lake to save a drowning child. Clayton Cook had just gotten married. He was taking his wedding photos with his wife, Brittany. The pair were on a bridge over a lake in Victoria Park in Kitchener, Canada. And that's when Cook noticed something alarming. A child had fallen into the water and was drowning. The suited up groom ran off the bridge and jumped in. He grabbed the boy by the arm and he pulled him up to safety. And actually the the couple's wedding photographer was able to capture this rescue as it was happening. The photographer said, I was the last one to see anything, he told CNN. When I spun around, Clayton was there. He was already scooping up the child and putting him back on the ground. After the rescue, Clayton didn't even change out of his soaking wet suit. Instead, the photographer said he went about his special day without complaining and never said a word about his wet shoes. You know, the article said, not not all heroes wear capes. This one had on a wedding suit. Ours wore a cross. Like this man who went into the water to lift up the boy to rescue this man. Jesus came in the world to save us. The word was made flesh. He dwelt among us. Truly, Emmanuel is with us. We're not having to work ourselves out of the well to get him. He came down to us. He's with us in the well. He won't leave us or forsake us. Don't forget that this morning. Don't forget the Lord lifts up those that are low. How true the scripture when it teaches us the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Would you look back at the scripture? I want you to pay attention starting in verse five. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a joy, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now, as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. O Lord, your favor, you've made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I made my supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You've turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth, you've girded me with gladness that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. The Lord hears the hurting. The Lord lifts up the low. Finally, I want you to recognize the Lord turns despair into dancing. After David recounts where he was, what he was thinking, where he was at in his life, and where he is at now, he is overflowing with praise. He experiences a wardrobe change. He's been in the sadness of sackcloth, but now the Lord has given him a garment of gladness. He's literally gone from death's door to the dance floor. 
I don't know that I've heard a story that illustrates this truth more than a story the old preacher R.G. Lee tells. Tells a story about being on a porch with his mama one day. She was there rocking and knitting. He was sitting on the front porch with her with his feet propped up. He said, Mama, I want you to tell me what, what was the happiest day of your life? Mama, tell me about your happiest day. He said she thought for a moment. He thought she might say, Maybe it was the day his tall, handsome daddy came and asked her to marry him. Or maybe all the years that they had spent together being married. But she chose a story to tell about her mother and father. About many years ago when she was a little girl. She began to tell the story to R.G. She said they were on a farm and she was just a little girl and times were so difficult, they were so poor. In fact, R.G. said, we couldn't even lift an umbrella. We couldn't raise enough money to possibly make enough money to pay for this kind of farm that they had to sustain things. We, we couldn't even do the things that were necessary to keep things going. It was so hard to raise Money back then, is what his mom would say. They, they would get the salt from the smokehouse floor and walls. They didn't have coffee even. They couldn't afford it. They would, they would parch corn and try to have something similar. It was, it was a very poor place to be. Her daddy had gone off to war. And the day came, during the midst of all this, when someone came with the news that her daddy had died. She described as someone came to tell her mother and the news washed over her. I don't remember anything significant happening. I just remember her taking in that news. But she said, my bedroom was next to hers at night. I could hear her weeping. I could hear her wailing. Crying throughout the night. But in the morning, she would ready herself, she would clear her eyes, she would go back to work. Even as a little girl, times were so hard, R.G.'s mother had to help as well. One day, much like R.G. and his mother, she and her mother were sitting on the front porch. She was sitting there with her mom while her mom was snapping beans, just sitting there on the porch. Out of nowhere, her mother said, you see that man out in the distance walking this way? He sure does walk a lot like your father. Went back to snapping the beans. A little bit of time went by. I declare, that man sure does look like your father. The little girl said, now mama, don't get yourself worked up. We know daddy is dead. A little bit more time passed. All of a sudden, I declare, that man is your father. She recalled the beans went flying up in the air. She pulled up her skirt and started to run to him. She fell into his arm because one was gone now. 
after the war. They laughed, they cried together, they rejoiced. It was an overwhelming time. She said, I ran as fast as my little child legs could, and I ran to him and I collapsed in his arms. And she said, I, I felt up to his wounded arm. What an incredible, incredible story of moving from weeping through the night to incredible, indescribable joy, going from despair to dancing. But you know, at the end of that story, do you know what the old preacher said? He said this, my mother's happiest hour is but a small joy compared to seeing the face of Jesus and his pierced hands. See, they too believed Jesus was dead. But as the Lord lifts us up, he was raised from death to life. He is risen, and one day he too is returning for his redeemed bride. Oh, he turns despair into dancing. And although our hearts may be broken, they still beat in time to the music. And though our feet are weary as we walk through trouble, we still know the steps and although through the night we may only know the noise of our weeping, we can always hear the welcoming sound of wedding music in the distance. In the darkest night, we still sense the dawn and can just see on the horizon the sun coming on the clouds with power and great glory. As believers, the Lord heard us when we cried to him to forgive us of our wrong. And the Lord lifted us up from death and sin when we couldn't save ourselves. And through him, we have moved to absolute delight from the most desperate of all conditions. I like what Paul told the Colossians. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, the Lord hears the hurting. The Lord lifts the low. And the Lord turns despair into dancing. What about you today? Where are you? Have you called him Lord? Have you, like David, said, my, my Lord, my God? Without Jesus, there is no joy in the morning. No hope of help. Believer, maybe you today are in that low place. Why don't you pray? He hears the hurting. Why don't you place, place your full weight into his capable, saving, and sovereign hands? Why don't you praise? Give him glory for what he's done in your life, what he accomplished through Jesus. See, the sorrow of this life may last for the night, but oh, believer, Lift up your head. Joy comes in the morning.
Will you pray with me? God, thank you for the truth of your word. God, thank you, thank you that we can go to it. Thank you that we can learn from it. That we can be changed by it. God, as we consider this psalm today, we see our own story. God, we, we see that we should praise you, but God, also we learn who you are kind of God that you are to your people. Thank you for being so good to us. God, sometimes in this life we don't see the full fulfillment of what you're going to do for us one day in glory. But God, we trust you. We still cry out to you. We still look to you. God, we know in our darkest hour a day of dancing is coming. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for all the blessings we receive from you. Lord, we recognize they're from your hand. In Christ's name we pray.